นโมทัสสะบโกอะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมบุตสะนโมทัสสะบโกอะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมบุตสะนโมทัสสะบโกอะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมบุตสะอันดับแรกธรรมะทักเราพูดถึงสถานที่ของความรู้สึกในสิ่งแรกๆแค่ประมาณๆทั้งหมดเพียงแค่ในประตูแรกของสถานที่ที่เราพูดถึงวันนี้เราจะพูดถึงสถานที่ของความรู้สึกในสิ่งแรกๆแค่ประตูแรกของสถานที่ที่เราพูดถึงวันนี้เราจะพูด How to correlate between theory and practice? So let's try theory first. This insight of a pasana is the investigation of self. Okay. Self means you, me, I, all living beings, as an individual, a person. That's a self. So this self, from Buddhist perspectives, is divided into two: body and mind. Body and mind, or you can call the body as a physical phenomenon, and the mind is the mental phenomenon, physical and mental phenomenon. Of course, this physical phenomenon, or the body, or matter, can also be subdivided into twenty-four or twenty-eight. Out of the twenty-eight, four are the primary elements. The remaining twenty-fours are dependent on that four primary. These four primary elements are quite important because. Those are the one that, when we practice, can actually perceive, feel, sense. Okay. You can do the direct investigation into these qualities. If you want to know by name, it's called earth element, hardness and softness, wind elements, movement, vibration. Pressure, stiffness, fire element, temperature, hot and cold, and then water element, cohesion, or fluidity, because these are actually one can experience directly experience in your practice. So that is rupa or matter. That is the the body aspect of it, and in the mental aspect, it's the mind. The mind actually has two major parts. One is the consciousness, okay. qualities of knowing, simply a quality, simply a process, which knows, 
and the other one is mental associates or mental co-committants. Just for the sake of communication, all these emotional factors, they are grouped under that and plus more. These two, consciousness and mental associates, are called mind. And this consciousness and mental associates, for practical purpose, again, divided into five. Uh, sorry, four. First is feeling. Vedana, okay. aggregates of feeling. Second is aggregates of perception, sanya. And the third is aggregates of mental formations, sankara. And then aggregates of consciousness, vinyana, four of them. Because feeling and sensations you can actually directly experience in your meditation. This perception too, the perception means how to recognize, how to remember an object that one had already experienced before. The marks and qualities of a certain thing or a certain object that how you can recognize by. It's quite important because when you are applying mindfulness that become very useful. Another one is mental formation. Mental formations are altogether 50. They are all sort of emotional feelings, plus many other modes, both good and bad. And the last fourth one is consciousness itself, pure consciousness without any other thing. Simply a quality or a phenomenon of knowing these four. They are divided into these four in the mental phenomenon, and one is the physical phenomenon. Altogether, one physical and four mental. They are known as five aggregates. So in a way, one is investigating about self, which means you are investigating about mind and matter. or you are investigating about these five aggregates, okay? both physical and mental. <clears throat> and this investigation is called insight. Okay? And what are we investigating? We are investigating of all physical phenomena and all mental phenomena. First of all, to know them, to identify them, to experience them, you have to come to 
experience or perceive directly, they are specific characteristics. Each one of them has their own specific characteristics. As an example, if you feel hot, that is the fire element. You can directly experience the, the heat or maybe the cold. You can perceive directly and that hot or cold, the temperature, is the specific characteristics of the fire element, which is the physical phenomenon. As such, each and every object have all these specific characteristics. And through your meditation, you need to experience them directly, repeatedly again and again and again till it totally sink into you. And after you have multitudes of experience of these specific characteristics of the mind and matter, you come to understand they are common characteristics or general characteristics of this mind and matter common or general characteristics. It is totally different from the first one. The first specific characteristics unique to each and every one of them. This second one, general or common characteristic is, it is pervasive to all things, whether it is physical or whether it is mental. Nothing with no exemption in this conditioned world, these characteristics are present. And they are, one is called anicca, impermanence, states of constant change or a state of flux. And second one is dukkha. It is unsatisfactoriness or suffering. And the third one is anatta. Anatta is non-self, okay. uncontrollability, okay. presence that is No atta, in other words, there is no such thing as a self or a soul. Those are the three. Nicca, dukkha, anatta, impermanence, sufferings, and non-self, no soul. These three qualities or characteristics are present in all things, both physical and mental. And vipassana or investigation. Uh, insight is the investigation of self or investigation into the specific characteristics and general characteristics of both mind and matter. And revealing its nature through the process 
of 13 stages of insight okay, will be uncovered if one practice this Satipatthana Vipassana Mindfulness Insight Meditation properly and correctly. So that is, from the theoretical side, that is how it is presented. And we all know how to practice Mindfulness Insight Meditation. And when one practices mindfulness insight meditation, you come to experience or you come to uncover the true nature of this mind and matter. And these uncovering of the true nature of mind and matter are in stages as we have discussed last lecture, there are 13 stages. These 13 stages are uncovering the true nature and its impact of mind and matter. So, do for discussion purpose, we need to have a little reminder about the nature or the name, nomenclature of the 13 stages. The first one is discriminative awareness of mind and matter. Second one is causal relationship between mind and matter. And the third one is Understanding of the, the three marks or the three general characteristics of mind and matter on a first stage of the first level. Number four is you begin to experience the arising and passing nature of all mind and matter in a moment to moment basis. And the fifth one is simply the constant dissolution or constant passing away of the mind and matter. These first five, one, two, three, four, five, which we have enumerated, these are the ones that one come to experience when you are practicing Satipatthana Vipassana step by step by step. They are the true nature of mind and matter. And when you come to experience these first five levels, after the five levels, especially the fifth one, constant state of dissolution, whatever you are observing, simply dissolved, simply passed away, simply disappear. And there's a floor of objects that you're observing and they are simply disappear one after the other. In other words, there is nothing you can touch 
There's nothing you can hold on. Everything that come across you, in front of you, at this present moment, simply disappear. That has a profound effect, effect on the psyche of the meditator. First and foremost, you have a, for lack of a better word, let's call it emotional state or emotional impact. First of all, you have the fearful, states of fearfulness. That's fear is an emotion. But fear is not that you are scared and run to the corner. It's just that you see this mind and matter, as we all know, that is a self. This mind and matter is simply dissolving, dissolving, dissolving into oblivion. That kind of understanding from direct experience is quite scary. And you become quite fearful of this mind and matter. In other words, to put it in a layman term, you become fearful of yourself about the nature of self. You become fearful. And then you're experiencing that fear because of that constant dissolution of all mind and matter. And then suddenly you become miserable. Miserable about these two twin process, physical phenomenon and mental phenomenon. Okay. Miserable, fear, miserable. And then you're observing again and then suddenly you feel disgust. Disgusted with this whole notion of physical and mental phenomena. And eventually there's no place to hide, no place to run, but you want to escape from this twin phenomenon. Okay? Those are the impact you have in the level, inside level 6, 7, 8, and 9. You become fearful. You become miserable, you become disgusted, and you want to escape. That portion is called the emotional impact. It's not written like that, but just I'm presenting for our understanding. Emotional impact a meditator is having due to the first five insight stages especially the fifth, Binganyana, constant state of dissolution. You go through that, and because of that, you really want to escape from this oppression of this mind and matter of physical phenomenon and mental phenomenon. In other words, you want to escape from yourself, liberate it. And at that moment, you try hard again. Okay. You try hard. And you, if you don't give up, you 
reach a state of equanimity. So this number six, okay, to number ten are the emotional impact that meditator has when understanding the true nature of mind and matter. It changes your perspective about life. It changes the perspective about how you see the world. It is a very disturbing and, so to speak, scary insight levels. But if you don't give up, it comes into a state of equanimity. And then you begin to adapt to all these things that you have learned and you begin to prepare yourself for the higher level. And then you got to the threshold between the Bhutujana, our ordinary worlding, and Ariya, noble. So 11, 12, and 13 are the stabilizing, equalizing, balancing states in which you can be above both good and the bad. The good experience and the bad experience, good feelings and the bad feelings, good emotions and bad emotions, you are above all. And then you go into the area level. So these are the one that if one practice according to the instruction, Satipatthana Vipassana instruction, you go through these stages and each stages can be identified with their own characteristics. And then when you passed on that stage, you become a noble person. So in a way, this little journey from insight one to insight number 13. It's a journey one goes through with the practice. Okay, the first part is simply theory, investigation of the five aggregates. And when you investigate with the mindfulness, insight, meditation, you experience all these things. This is the practical part. In the practical part too, we talk about how to identify these different stages. And eventually, you attain the noble lineage. And in here, of course, we practice. But what do we practice? To achieve these, going through these 13 stages, what are we doing? Okay. We are observing mind and matter. We are observing every object, whether it's a physical object or mental object, that is arising at the present moment. Not before, not after. In other words, you are always at the present moment, present, 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 present. And you do not miss observing any object that is arising. 
And while you're observing these things, okay, at the same time, what you are doing is you are developing five mental states. Five mental states. These five mental states are nothing outside, from outside. It is simply the jeta and jetasika the consciousness as and mental associates. They are all included in there. We know there are 52 mental associates and then one consciousness. Consciousness is the mind and the other one is the associates that associates with the consciousness. So out of these three, there are five of them. One is called Sada, is faith and confidence. Second is Variya, energy and effort. Third is Sati, mindfulness. And the Fourth is Samadhi, concentration. And the fifth is Binya, wisdom. These five, Sada, Variya, Siddhi, Samadhi, Binya. Those are the five. Those five are, out of the 52, they are all together 52 mental associates. And this five belongs to them. But these fives are mental states that is quite critical, quite important for our practice. That's why Buddha pulled that five out and show us those five. Okay. How does these five come to be and how is it related to our practice? Now we are more on a practical aspect of it. Let's take the first one, Sada. Sada is faith and confidence. Faith and confidence means that we believe in this method, this practice. We believe in the roadmap the Buddha has laid out. In other words, Buddha first. His roadmap is the Dharma. And then the Sangha, people who devoted their life 100% for the pursuit of this Buddha's teaching and turn around and share with people. And also the principle of cause and effect. So believing, strictly speaking, you have a belief and confidence in this practice, that is one. Because without having a confidence or faith or belief into something that you are going to do, you will not put okay, your full commitment to it. But when you believe in a cause, there's nothing and no one can stop you when you fully believe in it. 
That's why this mental state is very important for anything, any project, any cause that one is going to pursue. So this sada, you have to believe. So if you believe in this practice. And secondly, when you believe it, you don't just sit there. Whenever you believe in a cause, you start doing something. That doing something is you are putting an effort. Okay, that effort is worrya. So as soon as you believe in, the effort follows. Of course, what you do is based on the project, based on the cause that you are doing, you put effort. Not ordinary effort, you put great effort because this is something you believe in. This is something that is important to you. Okay, important to your life existence. So you put effort. The effort or energy, worrya, second mental factor. Of course, when we apply effort, you have to do something. You have to do something. Let's say you believe in the climate change and it is destroying the world, and you will be doing things, whatever, that could promote that, that could establish that. In the same way, right now we are, the cause is trying to find the true nature of mind and matter. Okay. How can we find the true nature of mind and matter? And here is not by theory, not by analyzing, not by dissecting, not by logic. Because this has somewhat bias always there based on the environment and condition that you were brought up. So you have to approach a different way. What? You observe directly without interference from any previous existing knowledge or from your environment. In other words, you come face to face with the object with no preconceived idea or concept or condition. Only then you will know exactly what it is without any bias. And to be able to do that, you need to be mindful. You need to observe intensely and seriously to the object that is arising at the moment. That's mindfulness, sati. So one is applying effort to be mindful, to be face to face with the object that is arising at the moment with no preconceived idea, simply to experience simply to sense, simply to feel. That's mindfulness. And then when you are observing with such intensity and such closeness, what happens is the mind does not wander away to any other thing anymore. The mind doesn't go to the past. The mind doesn't go to the future. The mind stick right at the present moment with what? With the object that is arising. 
The mind is not wandering anymore. The mind is not dispersing anymore. The mind sticks to the object at the present moment. That act created concentration, another mental factor, concentration. In other words, you have more and more power to focus and to be fixed on the object that is arising at the moment and look in details deeply, penetratively, without wondering. That's a concentration develop. And when one is observing an object that is arising on the present moment, but there are moments after moments after moments, so objects after objects after objects. And what are these objects consist of? They are physical phenomena and mental phenomena. You are face to face with all physical phenomena and all mental phenomena at the present moment when it is happening, when it is arising, when it disappears. You are with it, you are with it, you are with it. And you come to know they are through nature. Physical is, we already know it is the hot, cold. Hard, soft, stiff, fluid, movement, vibration, and the mind, whether it is the pure mind or impure mind, wandering mind, or calm mind or tranquil mind, you know the true nature. Okay? You come to know the specific characteristics of both mind and matter. How? Not from a book, not from hearing something, not from analyzing, not applying logic. Direct experience, you contact, you sense, you feel, and you record it. You sense, you feel, you record it. Record it or note it. In the olden days, it's called taking a note. Nowadays, electronic recording. You record it, record it, record it, all these specific characteristics. That means you fully understand the true nature of this mind and matter. And that is called binya, wisdom. You are developing while you are observing with such a objective nature, you come to understand its true nature, and that understanding the true nature is wisdom, binya. So, with these five mental okay, characteristics, these five are out of that 52, you are investigating everything that is arising at the present moment and you come to understand. So whenever you are observing an object at the present moment, these five mental states are there 
all the time. Are they all the time? And you are doing it repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. You experience, you sense, you feel everything repeatedly. And you are collecting all their specific characteristics. And when you have collected enough data of these at one point, intuitively you understand their general characteristic, which is everything is in a constant state of change. They are always changing, changing, changing. Nothing is everlasting. Everything is disappearing and passing away. That is one thing you intuitively understand. Without concept, without words, you simply just felt it. They are dissolution. They are passing away nature. You can felt it. When you felt that deeply, that is where you get that fear and misery and disgust. To that level, you have to felt it, feel it. To do that, you have to have a repeated observation. In other words, repeated exposure of these objects at the present moment, millions and millions of times, without having a break and a gap continuously. That powerful must be your mindfulness. When that is very, that powerful, when you have a great momentum on the mindfulness, concentration becomes very strong, and concentration acts like a lens to see the details of the characteristics of mind and matter. And when you see and when you understand them, you have wisdom. So in here, you are developing at every observation these five mental factors again and again. And in here too, not only developing them, you need to balance them. One is, if you have a too eager, if you put excessive effort, you'll become restless and you can't reach that wisdom. But if you are too concentrated, your concentration is too much, then calms come in, stillness come in, and your observation become weak, which means your effort become less. That's why concentration and effort must be in a state of balance. And also faith, believing. If you believe blindly, you have an excessive faith. And then you become gullible by what you've been told. And at the same time, if you are too analytical, figuring out everything, that means you are in excess of wisdom. Your intellectual prowess took over and you come to a state of 
you are too clever for your own good. That's why this faith and wisdom has to be balanced. And to keep those two pairs in balance, you must have a constant and continuous mindfulness. Mindfulness is the balancing act. Give them all. Only then one will have this perfectly balanced, tuned five controlling mental faculties. That's what they are called. And that is the actual practical part. Okay? And when you do that, when you can develop that five controlling mental faculties again and again on every observation, these 13 stages of insight will arise one after the other. But you need that perfectly balanced, tuned, repeated, unbroken mental development of these five mental states. And when you have this 13 stages of insight, that means you come to know the true nature of mind and matter. And when you come to know the true nature of mind and matter, in other words, you know what self is. So in here, the fundamental aspect is the development. Okay, development or multiplication of these five controlling mental factors at every moment of observation. And in here, to truly succeed, there are four kinds of mental states. Again, they are part of this 52. The Buddha set out these four kinds of mental states. If a yogi has one of the four as a supreme, one will get to the end of the road. And the first one is called chanda, noble desire. Noble desire is a desire to be liberated from this oppression of physical and mental phenomena, desire. If you have the great desire to be liberated from this oppression of mind and matter, you will succeed. But that must be in the forefront. To have the desire, of course, you must have faith and confidence. With faith and confidence, this chanda, noble desire, automatically comes. So, some people use that desire as the flagship. There are some people, they are very industrious and hard-working people. And for those people, they don't give up, they don't surrender, they don't reduce their amount of effort that they apply to anything that they do. So for those people, this effort or warrior become the flagship and those people will succeed.
and the third one called Jaita. Jaita is a basically it's a strong and firm mind, determination. Some people, whenever they set out to do something, okay, nobody can sway once they have decided this is what I'm going to do. Nobody can sway, nobody can push out of that part. That's called determination. And some people have that kind of very strong and firm mind. Whether it is for the good or for the bad, once they have decided they can't be pushed around anymore. So some people use that kind of the jeta or mental state, very strong, firm, determined mental state. I will rather die rather than giving up. So that is another. And the fourth one is called Vimasa. In other words, it is actually Pinya. Some people are very okay, sharp, smart, can see through things. Okay. Some people have to do to understand. Some people have to actually look and think and they understand. They have a very sharp, smart okay, intelligence. In other words, their IQ quotas are very high. That for those people, they use it that as a flagship. So there are four kinds of mental states. Chanda, Vriya, Jaita, and Pinya. Noble desire, effort, strong and firm mind, and wisdom. One or the other, whichever you are strong at, use it as a flagship and develop that five controlling mental factors. If you can really develop okay, and balance them, you will come across or progress through the 13 stages of insight. And if you have gone through that, that means you come to know the true nature of this mind and matter. That means you understand what self is. Self is not an I, or you, or we, or id, or a person, or an individual self or a soul. It's simply the ever-changing physical phenomenon and mental phenomenon. Not theoretically, not conceptually, but that understanding is, so to speak, in every cell of your blood, in every cell of your body. You are it and it is you. At that moment, you are liberated from this oppression of the physical and mental phenomena. So, may all of you be able to practice Satipatthana Vipassana meditation, put the practice into a good use, go through the stages of 13 stages of insight, and may you be able to understand the true nature of yourself experientially, directly, and intuitively as soon as possible. Sadhu, sadhu, 
sadu buddham pujemi dhammam pujemi sangam pujemi